Good afternoon and welcome to Post to Post. And here we are finally. It's been, I think, five months. Am I right on that? Five months since we've had a show? Um, somewhere around there, yeah. We did a didn't we do one right before spring break and then everything? It was happened. the deadline one, and then we yes. said we were coming back after spring break. Nothing happened because we've had this wonderful coronavirus that ruins everybody's lives. Yeah. That was that was fun. We didn't even get we didn't even get to to enjoy this, you know, we would, we would have been, we would have had the opportunity to work for the Stanley Cup final. We would have had the free agency show by now, but no, we've had nothing until today where we are finally have hockey after five months. We've had few news stories, nothing major for us to come back and get on zoom and all that to get the show going again. But now we have actual live games to talk about. But first, before we get into the playoffs and the qualifiers, we will go through one piece of news that I believe should have came out in January. You could tell me if I'm wrong, but they, I don't know what Seattle has been doing, waiting so long for this announcement. Uh, They should have come out with this so long ago. I don't remember it being pushed back this much when Vegas announced their name. Granted, it was completely different circumstances, but... Like, how hard is it to make an announcement? Like, you just put up a video anyway, so... The thing that bothered me about it was, is that it was already... It was leaked a few months ago. The mayor of Seattle came out and said, oh, no, we're getting ready for the Kraken. He said, I think he said Krakens instead of Kraken. But still, like, it came out. You could have just... Oh, they said, oh, no, that's not it. You could have just owned up to it. And I, and I remember watching the press conference two weeks ago when they said that, hey, we're the Seattle Kraken. Here's the logo. Here's all that. Here's the jersey, which is amazing, by the way, until somebody pointed out it's the Vegas one with just the colors changed. Wait, what? Yeah, no. If you actually look at them side by side, the Seattle Kraken jersey and the Vegas Golden Knights home jersey is the same thing with the colors changed down to the red line on the arm. Somebody pointed that to me. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. No wonder we like it, because I liked the Vegas one when the Vegas one came out, and it's the same thing with teal and blue. Yeah. I see it's, it now. It's so Except strange. Except the red kind of fits a little better. It does. I, even though I like the red on the, the Knights jersey. The red on the Golden Knights one makes no sense. Well, no, but like, hey, it's like a nice little pop of color on the arms, and it looks good when the jerseys are in motion. And the Kraken one, I think, looks great. The logo, I actually do really like. I was surprised that they didn't have, they didn't, like, ha- like, did you see the tattoo? The yeah, I did. The one wrapped around the anchor? Yeah. I feel like that should have been the logo, but I yeah, do that's like cool, just that's the regular cool. S. But I, I think that they should have done it a little earlier. But, hey, I'm not going to complain. I'm happy with it. I f- was laughing so hard when the announcement came. Because instead of having, like, Vegas, they had, like, in the parking lot of T-Mobile Arena, and they were, like, all ecstatic. All the fans were there. You had it in a building that was under construction, and the only people there were the construction workers. And then they lift up the banner, and it shows the logo, and there's, like, there's, like, confetti and everything flying around, and the construction workers are just like, yay. Like, they didn't even care, which I found hilarious. But, hey, you know, we now have a name for the 32nd team. Now we can all speculate on who they're going to take in the expansion draft, even though I love how people are already putting together videos and stuff saying they're going to take this guy from this team, this guy from this team. We have two seasons. Relax. Yeah. We have, we got a while until 
until the expansion draft. And I'm sure that these big names are not going to be left unprotected. Like I already saw a Photoshop of um, Matt Barzell in a Kraken jersey. All right. Slow your roll, please. Like please. while I, I honestly can't say it looked bad, I don't like see that happening necessarily. The only team that is going to have a good chance of staying exactly the same is Vegas. Is Vegas because they're exempt, which cool, fine, whatever. But it's way too early for that. Hey, they got the name, they got the jersey. The pre-orders were out of this world. I saw that they sold fifty percent of. They spent fifty percent more merchandise than Vegas did in their first week. The same time of announcement. I think that's just because people have that nice stimulus check that they want to spend a little bit more. So yeah, say, that, Let me go buy a Kraken jersey. That and uh, I'm sure that the fact that they're Seattle's first hockey team, although I don't know how much hype they're going to get because at least with Vegas, when they came into the league, that was Las Vegas' first and only sports team at that time. Of course, they have the Raiders now. But... Seattle already had two other teams, so they're like, yeah, cool, we're getting a hockey team, awesome. But it's not like, oh, my God, we're finally getting sports. Well, no, I think for, for Seattle, you have to think, like, a lot of the fans in Seattle, will, there's a lot of hockey fans there because you're right near the border of Canada. So there's got to be a community for it, especially because it's so close to Vancouver that I would think that a lot of the fans are clamoring for the team and they just haven't had it. And they became Vancouver fans over the course of time. And now they're finally like, we can come back and have our own franchise to root for. So I think they will be good. I don't think that we're going to have a, like a Florida problem where like there's no fans at the games where like the arena set up for the play-in series look more full than the, the uh, arena <laughs> in sunrise. So I think they're going to be fine. Yes. Seattle's a good sports market. They they already got the Seahawks. They got the Mariners. They had the Supersonics, um, which is where the Kraken are going to be playing in the renovated arena. The, Sunrise what, is the just, is. was just a bad place to put an arena, like in a hockey team. And as you mentioned with Vancouver, I actually kind of feel bad for them <laughs> losing probably like half their fan base. Yeah, they'll be fine. They're, they're a Canadian hockey team in a very dense market. I think they'll be they'll live. They got a brand new rival. Yeah, they got a great new rival, and I don't think it's going to be bad for them. Heck, they got a great young team, which we'll get to when we talk about their, their playing series. But enough about Seattle. Let's talk about the teams who are finally playing after in starting August 1st. So August 1st is going to be the day that everything starts up. So we're going to jump the gun and immediately go into – who's going to be where at the end of the qualifying rounds in the round robin. We're going to start off with the round robin. I'm going to start with the East. To be honest, I can give zero, like zero, I have zero enthusiasm for the round robin games because they, yes, it's hot. Yes. It's playoff technically playoff hockey, but they're determined for seeding. They're even going by the regular season, like overtime rules and stuff. So to me, I necessarily do not care who comes out of where for the round robin. I don't know if you're different about that. I don't necessarily care all that much. I mean, it doesn't really make that much of a a difference because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're all going to be in the playoffs anyway. So it's just a matter of who they play. I'm sure the fans don't really 
necessarily care who they play. They're just going to be in the playoffs. I mean, at least in the East, I really see it going one of two ways. Either Boston and Ta- Boston, Tampa, one, two, and then probably Philly and Columbus. And I mean, Washington. Oh, why? It's Washington, not Columbus. It's Washington. Columbus is in a plan. Okay. Well, yeah. then Columbus is doesn't have to worry about that. The Flyers are going to finish last in that round robin, I believe, because I don't know how they got as high as they were anyway. <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, the thing I, that I don't like about – that I like about the round robin is that it doesn't automatically give those teams, you know, one through four. Because I think it's going to be Boston first because a healthy Boston is a dangerous no matter what. A healthy Tampa, which I think is going to be second, is going to be just as dangerous. The Caps at 100% as well, they're third because they, I don't think they're good enough to beat Tampa and Boston most of the time. And then Philly's last. Philly just got hot, and I – can guarantee you if we played the regular season they probably would have fallen out because the penguins are right there and i think they would have easily bounced them or even the rangers or islanders could have bounced them too at that point but hey they get it they get their fourth so they're gonna make it but i think they'll be dead last i can't see that that squad doing extremely well in the round robin when the playoffs are another story we can get to that when after the round robin is over but I think this is really just a chance for Boston and Tampa and Washington really to just get the gears going. And that's about it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all that they did. I mean, if you really didn't want to give them a chance to get their feet under them, you could have just said, all right, we're going base by standings. Boston's going to get the one seed and then everyone else after that, but kind of gives them a chance to get their feet under them. The games, while they matter, they kind of don't at the same time so I wouldn't say it's an exhibition game but it's kind of a less meaningful playoff game so to speak and even the playoffs are weird as is because don't forget everybody's getting reseeded after every round so you could win the round robin and then you could play another team like if you're Boston, you're going to play the lowest seed, which is fine. But then in the next round, you may not, you may play like number two or number three. Like it's going to be very strange on how all of that works, but I do see Boston on top. And also what I don't get is Boston technically won the president's trophy. So does that give them home ice all the way to the final? I mean, I would think so, but at this point, home ice doesn't really matter. Fair enough. Because you're going to be playing all through all your games in Toronto. So it's really just a matter of what jersey you're wearing. Yeah. That's like, that's the thing that a lot of people brought up when the bubble was announced. They said home ice is gone. Home ice is gone. So, yeah. Except for the Leafs and Oilers. Yeah. And Oilers because they play half their games there. They know the bounces of the boards and stuff like that. So, I would say maybe they have a slight advantage, but not not really. For the West, I have the Avalanche coming out on top, being the first seed. Second seed, I see the Blues because the Blues were always dangerous in the regular season. I don't see them slowing down coming into the round, Robin. I see them going, re- just hitting the ground running 
and possibly, but I do think the Avs will have a little bit of a better chance. And then I have the Golden Knights at third and the Stars at fourth. The Stars are in the same boat as Philly for me. I don't see them doing much in the round robin enough to get up in the higher seating. But then again, I could be surprised. The big thing about all of this and the whole bubble is that you gave these teams a massive offseason. So there, we have no idea what's going to happen come that first game because all these guys are rested. All the storylines you had in the regular season are gone. This is a completely new season. Yeah, all the injuries have mostly healed, if not all completely healed. I mean, this five months off was, if I'm not mistaken, longer than the regular off season because the cup ends at around June and then they start camp in September. So that's like three and a half months. That's like three and a half months. And this is March. Now we're going into August. That's, That's a lot. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, and I'm really hoping that, you know, because based on the exhibition games that we've already seen, we've already seen one day of them. The second one has been underway today, and all of it, some of the games have been really good, and they, you could see that these teams are very hungry to get back into meaningful games, and then there's games where, like, you can see that they're still working at the kinks on how this bubble works. So, Ryan, tell me quick, what are your Western Conference round-robin predictions? For, for the round robin, I'm going to go along the same lines as you. I don't necessarily see the Stars doing much. Um, they are a good team, not, put, not saying they're not, but they're playing three, in my opinion, better teams. So I think they're going to finish last there. Um, I think it's going to be St. Louis and Colorado fighting for the one-two. Vegas... Um, I think they'll probably finish around they'll finish third. I did see something the other day that said um, both Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury will get a chance to uh, get the starting job in the playoffs. Um, personally, for me, that kind of set off an alarm in my head that if you start anyone other than Mark Andre Fleury in the playoffs, what are you doing? But okay, so. Not so, discrediting Leonard at all, no. but but Mer- but um, Flurry has what, two or three cups. Yeah, led you to the finals in your first year. I agree with you. I feel like if you are starting Flurry, you gotta start Flurry in the round of sixteen. I can easily see them splitting the round robin. Oh, easily because you want to get Flurry enough time to get ready, but you also want to make sure Leonard's okay to just flip in. Because that's one of the big things I've seen a lot of people talk about is the goaltending for most of these teams. Because now you can have a viable two-way option, guaranteed, because you have both young goaltenders for most of these teams. So you may see a um, Leonard play. Like you could see like what happened to the Capitals, I think last year or in 2018, where they started, I forget it, the backup and then put in Holpe in a dire situation. So I could see that happening, especially with the way the round Robin is set up. But you know what? I do think that yes, Marc-Andre Fleury needs to be the guy in between the pipes come the regular playoffs. Cause if not, you can't, you start Leonard, you can't lose a game. You physically cannot lose a, like afford to lose a game in these playoffs. Cause 
everything matters because there's you are living in the same building as these people. Like we talk about how bad the playoffs are when you're like, oh, I'm going to see you the next night. No, you are living with these people. You're you will see, see them, them like 45 getting coffee. <laughs> like you are going to hate each other by the end of this. And you're going to get some really good hockey out of it. Oh, yeah, you are. I saw this one thing that uh, Patrick Kane said. He said it's kind of like March Madness, but for hockey. And once I actually thought about that, I'm like, that's, that's a really, really good comparison. That's exactly what it is. And you have no, you know, there's no, oh, I lose game one. Um, I'm All right, we'll bounce back and in, in, you lose games one or two hey, we're going home for games three and four. You know, we'll have the crowd behind us. No, you need to play every game like it's an elimination game because there is no, hey, we're going home for this game. No, you are going back to the hotel and then back to the arena the next day. Yeah. Like there is no way around this. That's the whole point of the bubble. It's you go to the arena, you go to the hotel, that is it. Unless you have like some dire family emergency and you have to leave, you're at the hotel, you're at the arena. That is it. And you can't even, and the best thing was, is you can't even leave the arena without an NHL affiliate with you at all times, which I think is unreal. But hey, if it can give us hockey, I'm not going to complain. Oh, no, not at all. And what, like you mentioned with the, if you lose games one and two, that's, you, you can't lose. If you lose two, the, the way it's set up in the beginning, it's you got your backs against the wall because the qualifying round is best of five. Yeah. So, so if you go down 2-0, good luck. That's basically going down three nothing. Like you need to win every game. You need to win out, which is very difficult. We've seen that in the regular playoffs. Now you only have five. So we're gonna move to the qualifier now. And the qualifier, I think, is where you're going to get the best hockey ever. Like, I think you can get Olympic-style, like, Olympic-level hockey, like, the best in the world games out of this qualifying round. Because, as you said, you can't lose a game. Because you lose a game, you only need to lose two more. You lose two games, that's it. You're done. You're basically finished. And it's going to be unreal. So we're going to start with the West and work our way back to the East. First up is the Coyotes versus the Predators. And I'm going in the way that they have them seated. So we'll see how it's a little bit confusing the way that they seated them up. But first matchup for us is going to be the Coyotes versus the Predators. I have, this is my first big upset, the Coyotes in five. Really? Yes. Now, I'll explain that because there needs to be an explanation for most of these. And... I don't know what it is. I think the Coyotes can eat, cannot, well, not easily, because I think it's going to happen in five, but I feel like they have a really good opportunity here. And this is a fading Predators team. And I don't think the Predators are really going to adjust well to the time off. We always see them being very slow at the beginning of the season. We saw it at the beginning of this year, and we saw it at the beginning of last year. So I think they're going to, the Coyotes can come out running, especially if they can get all of their unit on one page, especially Antti Ranta. If Antti Ranta can play his game, his brand of hockey coming into this in games one and two and steal the, steal at least one of those from the Predators, then that, I think that could really push them to get over the Preds, mostly because 
we know that the team has not been playing well, the Predators at least, and we know Pecorine just hasn't been his himself since 2017 when they lost to the Penguins. So, I don't know. I feel like the Coyotes have a really good opportunity. It's going to take the best that they can do. You're going to need 110% from Hall, 110% from Ekman Larson, and 110% from the hot dog man himself. So, there needs to be, like, the top level of play from the Coyotes. But I do think they could take the Predators in five. I I don't I don't know about that. I do see it being a competitive series because I know Hall. I don't expect him to stay with the Coyotes, so he has to turn his game up if he wants to get a, a good contract. Phil Kessel, I'm sure he's going to want his third ring. And like you mentioned with the Predators, they are fading. Um, Pecorine hasn't been Pecorine that we've seen in the past. And he's getting up there in age. So I do think the Coyotes can put up a good fight. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be the Predators. I'm going to say the Predators in five just because they do have that, that playoff experience. All right. I can see where you're coming from. But, yeah, that's the first one up. Yeah, I have the Coyotes. You have the Predators. Both in five games. We'll have to wait and see for all these to see if our predictions come true. Next up is Vancouver against Minnesota. Now, I already have a feeling you're going to say Minnesota. So I'm going to say Canucks in four. And I just think that the youth on this team has the opportunity to really show off what they can do. And I do think that this may be an opportunity for Demko to really show what he has. So I want to see what they can do in the exhibition game tomorrow, uh, either tonight or tomorrow night, before they go in on on Saturday on August 1st to play, or I think to the first or the second they play Minnesota. But I want to see what he can do before this. But I think Vancouver is one of those teams that has such a young core that could really make a lot of noise and kind of say, Hey, we're here now. Like we've, we're done developing. Like this is our time and it's going to have, and Besser needs to play at a hundred percent or he's gone. I do think the rumors of him being traded soon are legitimate. So I want to see him do what he can do before this. Yeah. I, I was surprised with those uh, Brock Besser rumors there. I think either way, he, he might be gone. Depends how far the Canucks get. But there's, there's no way Minnesota's winning this. It's, they're not. It's, Vancouver's too, too good. They're, they have the youth. They got the talent. Minnesota's getting up there in age. With They got Dubnik in, in the net. They're, he's getting up there. Parise, Suter. They, I, don't, I don't see them getting very far off. I'm also going to go with you. I'll say Canucks in, in four. Yeah, like I've seen, the, like today, I watched Minnesota play against Colorado. Uh, that was one of the few games we had before we recorded this. So the whole thing was, is they look good, but I don't know. They just don't, they don't look good enough. And I think that's been the trait for Minnesota over the past few years. And I don't think it's going to end now. So I think that we, we both agree the Canucks are going to go in four and make it to the playoffs. I think for the first time, I want to say since 13 was their first time doing that, uh, making the playoffs. So we shall see. 
Next up is one of the more interesting matchups that kind of got ruined before it even started, and that was the Oilers taking on the Chicago Blackhawks, which most people said the Blackhawks don't deserve to be here. Yeah, no. Okay, fine. I think that if the Blackhawks – I think this may be the best chance the Blackhawks have to get number four and cement themselves as a dynasty. But I don't see them making it past the qualifier. I think the Oilers are going to come in and sweep the Chicago Blackhawks in three games because the Hawks' defense has been significantly weakened. There is n- We do not know if Crawford is going to be the starter. And I don't think – and I think it's Malcolm Subban as their backup. If it was Robin Leonard, maybe they would have had a chance. But with Subban as their backup, I don't see them doing well. And I'm sorry, McDavid and Dreisaitl – Dreisel coming off of a heart nomination. Like, they are going to do everything in their power because they can lift a cup at home. Like, that's going to be a very big deal if they can get to the Stanley Cup final. So they're going to want to come out, and I think that Chicago just can't do it. I would, I think you'll have Kane and Taves make a little bit of noise, but Dreisel and McDavid are the new Taves, Taves and Kane at this point. So I think the Oilers will sweep the Blackhawks. Yeah, I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. I there's no way the Blackhawks are going to do anything either. I mean, they were just struggling just to even get to this 12 seed. Like, not that they knew this was going to happen, but they were struggling all year, and their their goaltending is not what it used to be. Crawford is coming off a series of injuries. Malcolm Subban is he's a capable backup, but you wouldn't want him there every day if Crawford can't go in the playoffs and like you mentioned with McDavid and Dreisaitl they're they're just too good there's no way that anyone is gonna stop them if they're hot and I mean it'll be interesting to see Taves and Kane versus Dreisaitl and McDavid but ultimately I the Oilers are gonna come out on top and I think this is where that little bit of home ice comes in because you do know the bounces, they are playing at Rogers' place. Um, so I do see the Oilers taking it. And, yeah, I, I'll also go with you. I'll go with the Oilers are going to sweep. And just one little note before we get to the last matchup from the West. And I love – and the thing was, a lot of people, when I, when I was explaining who I would – like somebody asked – a few people came up and asked me, like, hey, who do you think is going to win this series? Who do you think going to win this series? I'm like, here's the thing. No matter if you win the qualifier or lose the qualifier, you're a winner. Because one thing we forgot to mention at the top of the show is no matter what happens, you have a chance at a franchise talent. Because over the course of the, of the whole COVID thing, and we've mentioned this, we, we made a post on our Instagram about this, is that a play-in team is going to get Alexei Lafreniere. And I think the teams who are going to need him the most – are the Blackhawks, Minnesota, and Nashville. So I think no matter what happens, they're in a good boat. I think whoever loses these series is in a good chance. It's a 12.5% chance that you get at, pro- at probably one of the great great players to come out of a draft since McDavid. So we shall see. But moving on to the last Western Conference matchup, one of the ones I'm actually looking forward to, and it's the Flames and the Jets. I this is a coin flip for me. It really is. I don't 
see either one of these teams being better than the other. The only thing that I see that puts the Jets over, in my opinion, I have the Jets in a five, and that's Connor Hellebuck. He is the better goaltender, no matter who's on the ice across from him. Uh, if it's Talbot or whoever else they can put in, because they are carrying three goaltenders, and I've heard that they're all having a chance to be on a starting job. But uh, I don't know. I think Hellebuck is just in the zone. He's had, he already has a Vezina caliber season in the, you know in his back pocket, and I think he's just going to be the difference maker for this. And I do think Winnipeg needs a deep run. They got one in 18, uh, making it to the conference final, and then losing to Vegas. But you need, you need something. You need something to, to justify the players you have and the cap hit that you have. So I think uh, Winnipeg takes this in five. Yeah, uh, this is probably going to be the, I would say, one of the more competitive West series just because they were so close during the regular season. And with the, the Flames to the eight seed in the West, the Jets the nine. And ultimately, I think the Jets are going to take it in, in five just because they're going to – I know that there's something in the back of their mind that said, hey, we struggled during the regular season. We were not the team we were last year. This is a fluke we're going to come out to prove to you that we are better than this. And also with the flames, their defense did take a little hit with Travis Hamannick opting out. And speaking uh, from someone who had Hamannick on their team at one point with, when he was with the Islanders, he's a very solid defenseman and losing him. That's, that's not going to go over well necessarily for the flames. So, and with all the scorers that the Jets have, they're going to need a lot of, def- of defense. So I think that that loss is going to hit them a little hard. So I think the Jets are going to take this one. All right. Moving over to the East. Now we're in Toronto. Yay. Uh, you can see this, the tower right outside your window if you look really closely. Now, first matchup out of this one is one that I've heard a lot of people say could be a major upset. I don't see it that way. And that's the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the lowest seed versus the fourth, the fifth seed. And the Canadians are not winning this series. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's a healthy Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I can't understand why people are saying, watch out, Mon- watch out for Montreal, watch out for Montreal. No. The Pittsburgh Penguins are taking this in four. Carey Price will steal you one game. That's it. You have cro- healthy Crosby, healthy Malkin. No, there's no way that you're going to come out of this and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. They find a way. They sadly always find a way. They do always find a way. But granted, we also I also didn't expect the Penguins to be swept last year, and, and that happened. So, I mean, you never – That was really a normal seven-game series, and you had the added bonus of having the games in Nassau Coliseum. So, a little different. But I also – I don't necessarily see the Canadians making any noise, but I did see something the other day that Sidney Crosby said. I don't know if someone just Photoshopped it or not, but it said that Malkin's gassed, Murray's gassed, we're not making it past round one. And if that is real, that should be a red flag for Penguins fans because if your captain is saying – the second best player and your starting goaltender are gassed and we're not winning, that would concern me. 
I get what they're saying, and it could have been photoshopped. I heard that Crosby and Mulkin have been making phone calls to their players every day since the return to play announcement saying, hey, you know, we can do this. We've done it before. We can do it again. So I, there's conflicting reports on what Crosby and Malkin, I think, or the relationship that's torn. I do think that in the normal world that we would have had, where we would have been done already, we would have been on a vacation now instead of, you know, in May, I think the Penguins wouldn't have done anything. I feel like they would have probably got a first or second round exit if they made it. But now with the 24 format, with the rest that this team has had, and with the leadership that's on this team, I would not be surprised if they look at the locker room and Sullivan looks at that locker room and says, one more, and then we could jump off a cliff. Because that's where they're headed. They're going to go right down at some point, probably in 21 or 22. But right now, why they can get that nice fourth cup, and then that's it. You're cemented. You have it. We should just wait six months. There'll be a last dance documentary about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hey, you know, crazier things have happened. We all know that. So moving on to the next matchup, probably the most, I want to say the most hyped series in the qualifying rounds. Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers, the next two lowest seeds playing. This one has the opportunity to steal the playoffs. And it's going to go five, but I think the Rangers have an edge. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Rangers fan. I'm saying that because if you look at the teams on paper, especially because you do not have your top defenseman anymore in Carolina, and your goaltending is shaky at best compared to the Rangers with Healthy Chris Kreider, healthy Mika Zibanejad, healthy Artemi Panarin, healthy Kapokako, healthy Igor Shosturkin. Bless you. Healthy Alexander Georgiev and healthy Henrik Lundqvist, who is all rested. Five games, the Rangers take it. Okay, I can definitely see where you're coming from, um, which raises my question if they're going to carry three goalies, because obviously you're not leaving. Henrik Lundqvist off of your playoff roster. You, the fans would absolutely riot if that happened. Well, they took three. Actually, they took four, to be honest. Who was the fourth? Adam Huska from the Wolfpack. They traveled with four, and they've been training with three in Toronto. And I already – and you could we'll, – we'll see it tonight. We'll see it against the Islanders tonight. It's just Sturkin and Lundqvist backing him up. Watch. Yeah, I I do think this is going to be this is definitely that series in the East, and probably like you said, in all of the qualifying rounds that I'd put a little star next to. There is, and these games during the regular season were very competitive, as as we saw. On paper, I'm I'd give it to the Rangers, but just the way that we saw last season from the Hurricanes, and and they made it all the way to the conference finals, which not a single person expected them to do. If they can play like that again this year, then I'm going to give it to the Hurricanes. But if they struggle even a little, 
one sli- you need one that. game. You need one slip up by Morazic. That's it. The Rangers are going to exploit that. If they find the tiniest mistake, and especially with the year that Mika Zibanejad had and with the year that Panarin had, if you make one mistake, the Rangers are going to exploit that and they're going to pour it on. So I'm saying it could go either way, but it's going five. Yeah. I know that. Five games. I, you know what? And here's the thing. If the Rangers lose okay, then Toronto needs to lose. Then that's all I need, and then I'm good, because then you have a great chance at a Lafreniere. And if you get Lafreniere and add him to that Rangers team, boy, oh boy. Yeah, that's, that's a contender for years to come. So moving on, the next matchup is the neighbors on the, off the belt. The New York Islanders taking on the Florida Panthers. Now, I actually had to change this right before we started. I originally had the Panthers in five. And I could already see you rolling your eyes at this. Like, why do you have the Panthers in five? Because I thought a fully rested Sergei Bobrovsky was going to do well. I'm 100% wrong. He was on the case. That's why you thought that. He was on the case. He was on the case, but here's the thing. I just saw him an hour ago. I watched the game against Florida, against Tampa Bay, and boy, oh boy, he is no longer on the case. He is not. I don't know what it is. Hey, it may change in the next two days, and he may come out and be the Bobrovsky of old against the Islanders. But based on what I have saw from the exhibition game against Tampa, he is nowhere near ready. He something is he, he's still the Bobrovsky we saw before the season was paused. He's not there. I don't know what it is, if it's the coaching system or just the, the players or the locker room, something he's not he's not ready. And yeah, I think the Islanders goaltending is weak as well. I do not think that they have that, you know, that presence in net that can put them in a deep they can get a deep run, I think, but I don't think they they can they have the, the right goaltender for it yet. But I think they have a better goaltender than, than Bobrovsky at the moment, and they have enough firepower up front to put it away. I think it'll take five. I don't think Florida's going to go down easy, but I think with maybe four or five, that that that's going to be the way the Islanders take it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Islanders in four, just because, like you mentioned with Bobrovsky, he's not the Bobrovsky we saw in in Columbus. He's not playing up to that seven years, $70 million contract at all. Maybe it's Florida. Maybe he's been sitting on the beach with too many Mai Tais. Who knows? But he is not the Bobrovsky we saw. And even in the season, before this exhibition game started, he was shaky at best. And the Islanders took the series. And pretty easily, if I recall. And I, I just don't really see Florida doing anything. And while you mentioned the Islanders' goaltending, while I agree with you that their goaltending, they don't have that one presence in net, I think for this particular series, they do. Because Thomas Grice has, for some reason, Thomas Grice just plays out of his mind against the Panthers. I don't know why. 
he's not that great against everyone else. But you put him in net against the Panthers, you have a much better chance of winning. We, you know what, I agree with you. If Grice can just turn back the clock and get a really good form out of him again, you'll probably, I think they'll, they'll beat the Panthers. And then, you know, we'll come back. We'll talk about what the, whoever they're playing at the time, if they, when they do make the playoffs, but we will see, but I don't see them. I don't see the, the Panthers doing well against the Islanders here. And the last matchup, the one that a lot of people think is going to be an upset, including myself, and that's the hosting Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, I have this going five as well, and I have the Jackets. I, I see something there. I don't know what it is. I think they're going to look – Torts is going to say, hey, we did – we beat Tampa last year, right? We beat Tampa. We swept them. We were you – know, we made Tampa a meme. Come on. This is great. And now we have the opportunity to knock the hosting team out of their own building. Why not? And if there's any guy who can get that team ready, a healthy Columbus Blue Jackets team, because at the end they were missing Jones and Elvis. So now that they have both of those pieces back and hundred, probably 110%, I do think they'll give the Leafs a run for their money. The only thing that I, I think the Leafs have a chance, I think, as you said, this is where home ice is going to come into play. You know, they have a chance to be at home and lift the cup. Well, they can't lift the cup at home because the conference final finals are in Edmonton. But I do think that the Leafs are going to try to, you know, make their presence felt. And they have a healthy, great first two lines. And the rest is being held together by duct tape and a wish. So we shall see. But I do think the Jackets are going to come out on top. It's going to take five, but I think the Jackets will come out on top. I, I think this is also going to be one of those very competitive series. I know Columbus is going to be on that high still from last year after shocking the world and beating Tampa. I'm not quite sure if they're a hundred percent ready though. But like you said, if there's one guy that can get them ready, it's absolutely John Tortorella. He will, he is not one of those guys that's going to accept anything less than 110%. He will yell at you scream do whatever he has to do but if you're not giving 110 percent, that's that's a problem but that being said i do think talent wise toronto is a much better team and if they they get hot at all then columbus better watch out but i'm gonna i'm also gonna say this goes five i'm i'm gonna give it to toronto I'm going to give it to Toronto, yeah. So, yeah, no, five games. We'll see who comes out on top. And the best thing about this whole tournament is that we could be 100% wrong on all of these. You know, we could we could say, you know, this team's better than this team, but we've never had this. We've never had a, five, a, a four- to five-month gap with no – with everybody getting rested. This is going to be something really, really special – I hope it doesn't become a normal occurrence. I really don't. But I feel like for what we've had in this year so far, you know, we've, we've missed out. We've, there's been a lot of miss. We've missed out on a lot of stuff in 2020. It's been really shitty. But I do think that this is going to be one of the highlights. 
of we're going to get the best hockey we've seen in a very long time from this tournament. Oh, we absolutely are. There's been just with everything that's happened this year, I know those players have that little extra edge for, for themselves, for their organizations, for the fans. And I think it's just great to see sports back in general, but I think not having not finished the regular season, that also gave it a little extra edge. And all the players were like, oh, it's straight to the playoffs. All right, it's go time. We're all healthy. We've been off for five months. And while we have to get used to playing again, it's not going to take that long because these guys are professional athletes. They do this for a living. And they're going to all put the pedal to the metal. They're going to be giving 110%. And I know we've said that a lot, but this has the potential to be some of the most competitive hockey that we have seen in a very long time. So that will do it for us. We, I can guarantee you, I promise, there will not be a four-month gap between the ne- this and the next episode. We will see you guys probably mostly around when, the ne- when, the, when all of these have either concluded or halfway through, and we will get ready for the, st- the true Stanley Cup playoffs. So that will do it for us. You've been listening to Post Post, and please stay safe and enjoy some great hockey.